1: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. We joined today with, by uh, Inside Texas's college football analyst, uh, Ian Boyd. Ian, how are you doing today?
0: Doing good. Just had a good Christmas with the fam. Refreshed.
1: <laughs> Very good. All right, so today, it's we did, uh, right before Christmas, you and I went and did a deep dive on the offense uh, for uh, Steve Sarkeesian and his crew at Texas. Today, we're going to do defense. Um, and I, we get a lot of questions on the message boards at Inside Texas about a couple of things. And um, I want to I want to slow it down before we even get into specific names at each position and the depth chart. I want to talk about each position as a whole first and what Texas is looking for and and give the people some examples. So Texas plays a a what what's the name of the defense that Texas plays? Let's start with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the more confusing parts of it. It is, a, it is really a 3-4 defense. They spend a lot of time in nickel. When they play a nickel defense, it's a 2-4-5. Um, but the 2-4-5, it looks like a 4-2-5 like, like Gary Patterson's. But it, isn't, it doesn't always necessarily work like a four-down defense. A lot of times when they're in the nickel, it still works like a 3-4 meaning that the the two end guys on the edges are still linebackers big big outside linebackers and they're still playing the edge um, it's a it's a hybrid defense that's not always true but it is partially true and uh, it impacts what kind of players they're looking to play at those positions
1: so so it's 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 essentially a 3-4 4-2-5 four, four, i mean however you want to those stand-up linebackers that get on the line of scrimmage at times and give it a four-man look—that actually are defensive ends, as opposed to—and sometimes they drop into coverage and that sort of thing, right? I mean, it's
0: yeah, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid defense. If you watch the Steelers or the Patriots, um, you you have some idea NFL-wise of the kind of the kind of system it is, where you got like your your TJ Watt or your uh, whoever—I don't know who the Patriots play out there these days—Rob Ninkovich kind of guys. Exactly. Gotcha. So,
1: so really, there's three down linemen. That one is a jack called a jack, right?
0: The jack is the jack is where it gets really complicated. He is an outside linebacker. Sometimes, okay. sometimes he is more of a true defensive lineman. Sometimes he is an outside linebacker on the edge, boxing plays in from the edge, containing the edge, or dropping into coverage. Gotcha. He's the, he's the most confusing part. Okay.
1: Then there's a defensive tackle that's more of a traditional three technique, right? Yeah. Okay. So that lines up outside the guard, essentially. Uh, And then there's a nose tackle that's job is essentially to uh, stuff the run up the middle and perhaps give a push up the middle and pass, right? So there's a a jack, which is a combo defensive end outside linebacker, a true defensive tackle, three technique type, and then a nose that either shades the center or uh mostly shades the center i think right yeah all right so that's the three down linemen okay so we'll come back and talk about that the next group are the the linebackers which are the buck which you can say that's more of a defensive end even than you know i then the will weak side linebacker and then the middle linebacker uh the will linebacker is actually almost it's inside the tackles as well right in this defense
0: yeah, the mic and the Will are just your two guys that you see standing behind the tackles. Right, um, those positions are really pretty similar. Uh, broad, broad speaking, they have a couple different narrow cast skills usually, but uh, they 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 shuffle. That's a you know Overshown, Ford, Brockermeyer. They were playing those positions. Sometimes they switch back and forth.
1: The buck is a little bit different though.
0: The buck is what. Another confusing thing about the Jack is that a lot of people call their Jack what Texas calls their Buck. So he's like a true end linebacker hybrid. Who's more of a, um, the Jack sometimes will play inside like a defensive lineman. The Buck's not doing that. The Buck's always on the edge, almost always standing up and he's in position to either play the edge or drop back in the coverage for Texas. Traditionally, you know, Jackson, Jeff Coat played that position. Um, Joseph Asai played that position. Um, it's been a kind of a drought. Sometimes. Well, o- Ov is playing it now. Ov Ovi
1: he is the is buck, buck, buck currently. I think that'll give people a better uh, certain. All right. So those are the three linebacker positions. If a Buck is a true traditional linebacker in the sense that I used to call it a a, a weak side. That used to be a weak side linebacker in our it's, terminology.
0: Right. A um, weak outside linebacker.
1: Yes, you get you get my point. And that's why the will is a little bit different nowadays. Okay. So then Texas is looking at five guys typically in the, in the, in the secondary. Here are the names they have for them, right? There's the cornerback. There's two cornerbacks. Yep. There's a star, right? And then there's two safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a boundary safety and a free safety. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. And I believe they call the boundary their strong safety and the field safety their free safety.
1: Correct. Okay. And so what is the, I think everybody understands the cornerback, you know, Ryan Watts, when we talked to him last week, he said he was recruited as a boundary corner. Um, so just explain. Yeah, he did um, explain the difference to people between a boundary corner and a field corner.
0: Um, well, um, that's useful that he told you that usually they've been playing left and right. So there's not a boundary or free. You're the left or the right. And if you're on if the offense is on the right hash, you're the boundary. And, you know, if you divide your corners into boundary versus free, um, the boundary cornerback is consistently playing in less space. He's often lined up against a receiver that the offense is in position to kind of isolate one-on-one. Because if the offense puts all their other receivers and skill players on the other side of the formation, you might roll your safeties that way. And then the corners one-on-one against the receiver if your corner is good enough. So some teams will specifically put their best corner exclusively in the boundary, so that, te- so that if teams wanna to try to play games with their formations to isolate him, they say, bring it on, we got our best guy there. Um, you also usually need a little size to play exclusively boundary corner because you're in tighter spaces. So quarterbacks that don't have a really strong arm can still zip throws in because he's closer. If you're way out to the field, you can play a little off or you can have time to recover because the quarterback's got to get the ball all the way out there. And the boundary, you don't have that luxury. The ball's going to be there and you got to be there too. So you need to be strong, physical, you need to be fast. Um, and you're also in position to you know, blitz or play some games on the edge in the run game. So it's also helpful to be big for that purpose. You can see why they'd, they'd like a 6'3", 205 pound athlete who can play press in that spot.
1: Which is what Ryan Watts you're describing. Ryan
0: Watts, yeah, I'm describing Ryan Watts. Uh, and they, they that's how they played it at Notre Dame in 2020. They got a tra- they got actually got a transfer corner, which Terry Joseph did. A guy who's kind of big, uh, could play press coverage. They put him exclusively in the boundary, and then they would mix things up and they'd play some press coverage and all the safeties, uh, or they would um bring him off the edge, do all kinds of different things. Let's
1: talk about the star role. Because yeah. We understand. I, that, I think you explained the difference between the, the field and boundary corners. What about the star role?
0: Star is just the nickel. That's um, just what they call the nickel. I, a lot of teams do that. Saban calls it the star. Must champ called it the star. Um, you like to do that because nickel had a pejorative kind of connotation for a long time. It's like your fifth best defensive back who comes in only when the other teams are throwing. That's obviously not what the nickel is anymore. The nickel is like He's at the point of attack in the spread offense. He's got to cover slot receivers. It's a tough position.
1: I was going to say it's a foundational piece almost.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, teams would move their best corner at two slots sometimes back in the day before they were just full-time nickel. Um, he's kind of like the boundary corner, except in, in that he sometimes he's on the edge against the run or blitzing. Sometimes he's got to be in, like, razor-tight coverage on the slot uh, and, and the throw is short, so you got to be there. You, you don't have, you can't give up an inch. Um, but you usually, you almost always have more safety help than you would in the boundary. So it's kind of a, you want a, a quick thinking, quick change of direction, physical defensive back. So that was Anthony Cook a year ago. That was Anthony Cook last year, and he was good at it.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. okay. All right, and then safety's um, boundaries, free and strong safety, essentially. Uh, Jaron Thompson, Was a strong safety, I I think, last year, right? He did.
0: Um, I think he was more of a free. I think he did both. I think he was more of a free. um, And Foster
1: and Schooler were were strong.
0: Foster was no, sorry. Foster was strong. He was one of the. For some reason, he was consistently on the field, and Schooler and Thompson kind of rotated. Uh, Schooler and Thompson played more at the field free safety position. Uh, Thompson played both and Foster played strong.
1: Okay. All right. So I I think that gives people an overview of what Pete Kwiatkowski's defense does in the, in the, the, the parameters that we're operating within. So the down linemen are officially the Jack defensive tackle and nose tackle. And then the, uh, the variable there on the, on the defensive line is the buck sometimes drops and sometimes is lined up and, and handling the edge. And then you also have two traditional linebackers in the Will and the Mike. And then you have five defensive backs um, uh, in two corners, one boundary, one one field, uh, theoretically, right? If, if what they're telling Ryan Watts is true, or, or I- exactly true. And then you have a star, and then you have a, a field and strong, or you know, free and strong safety. There's,
0: All also, right. there's also the Sam linebacker which is a outside linebacker. He's kind of like the buck, but he'll play to the wide side of the field when they're in the three, four defense, instead of using a star. And so that was also Ovi, a go, a Right.
1: Um, you basically just, before. yeah, you basically just switch those guys out position name changes, but the players don't necessarily change. Right.
0: Yeah. It's in the, in Texas is three, four, you could say they're playing with uh Five linebackers. Got it. Because the Jack is sort of a hybrid linebacker, so you have the Jack, the Buck, and the Sam. Yep. And it's still the Mike and the Will. All so right. It's... <laughs>
1: I get you. I i think I think people get it now. I mean, we, we understand that there's interchangeable parts at some level in terminology, and that's part of what I wanted to do today for because you know, as we go into a deep dive on a side of the ball, it's important for everybody to understand the, the the features of it and what we're really talking about. Some people. You know just gloss over that but all right so the, the defensive line right now uh returns alfred collins jet bush baron sorrell david Abiara, moro ojomo vernon broughton sawyer Gorman welch keandre coburn byron murphy and tavondre sweat as well as byron warren um the longhorns added Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, uh, Aaron Bryant out of, uh, Mississippi, Ethan Burke out of Westlake, Justice Finkley out of, uh, Alabama, Jamon Tapp from Donaldsonville, Louisiana, Jeray Bledsoe, uh, out of Marlin and Chris Ross out of, uh, out of North Shore. So before we talk about the, the, the guys that started last year, at Jack were Kyle, Alfred Collins and Jet Bush. J, Jacoby Jones was the true starter, right, yes. until he got hit, hurt. But Collins and Bush, Sorrell yes. backed them up. Um, the defensive tackle starters were, was a Jomo, ostensibly, right? Uh, and then Coburn, Murphy, and Sweat all saw time. Now
0: – Broughton also played a fair amount. Uh, yeah, it,
1: Broughton played more defensive tackle, though, right? He was more of a three. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, I thought of those guys, Broughton was the least productive probably, right? Um, is there any thought of moving Sweat or Murphy to the three technique to, to back to, to bolster that position a little bit or no? Or are they just two totally different positions in your opinion?
0: I think they like Murphy so much at the nose and I don't know if they're going to move him. He's awfully good there.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't move Murphy. I was thinking more about Sweat.
0: That Sweat played, uh, Sweat did play some three technique last year. He played both. So Sweat can, Sweat can fit there if, if he, uh, you know, we've heard that his role is unclear. But I, I think if he's, uh, if he's bought in cuts some weight, has a great offseason, he could definitely play a lot there. Um, Broaden was actually a little hot and cold. I thought he had some moments last year. So I can see why they played him. I, I think with time, he could actually be an asset there. Uh, and then obviously the, the elephant in the room is that that's what appear to be Alfred Collins' natural position. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into that one yet, but. Uh, yeah, no,
1: I think that's, that's fine. I think. So Alfred Collins uh, played Jack, but he's actually more of a three to five technique than he is a, a Jack, which is.
0: Um, just looking at him at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's six five, three
0: hundred two 302 pounds. He's athletic um he's theoretically should be very hard for a guard to stay in front of he's got the explosiveness to blow by a guard and then the power to you know wreck havoc after he gets a you know attacks half a man or whatever gets an angle on him um but i I understand why they moved him to jack partly just because they needed someone there that was big and athletic enough to work the edge and also i thought um i thought he looked better there Uh, sometimes he's a little slow to react slow off the ball at defensive tackle and it's hard to be good at defensive tackle if you don't if you're not quick off the ball because the guards know where they're going and they're big and mean you know and if you're just a little bit late they're they're all over you Uh, so I thought he had some really inconsistent snaps at tackle when he played some there early in the year he had some wow plays everybody noticed but he had a lot of plays where he'd get reached or Give up an angle and, and leave the linebackers out to dry at Jack he's got more space to work with so he can use his athleticism more in space and uh, I, I you know maybe he just gets a little quicker at understanding the game and he plays three technique or maybe he buys in at Jack and they teach him how to play on the edge and he just learns how to translate a skill there kind of like a, you know JJ Watt played on the edge a lot too and JJ Watt is also enormous so maybe Maybe he looks to JJ Watt as sort of his uh, um, what he's aiming for. Maybe they move him inside. It could be the question of the offseason. Well, so let's let's so basically, the
1: incumbent starters are Collins, Ojomo, and then you'd say probably Murphy over Coburn at this point. And and Sweat is the swing guy between uh, nose tackle and and uh, defensive tackle. Um, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Jet Bush is a key backup at the jack position. All right. Now, let's talk about the newcomers and how they fit. I'm going to ask you a a player and you tell me where they play. I think Ethan Burke goes to Jack initially. Is that where you're thinking or do you think he even goes to Buck?
0: I think he starts at Buck because he's a little light and he's used to at Westlake he's been running around people and Jack you can't just run around people you got to go through them. Um, So I would say start at Buck and then when he's 250 plus pounds, 275 pounds, whatever his frame fills out to, then maybe maybe he bumps over to Jack.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Aaron Bryant, young man out of uh, Mississippi.
0: I want to say no's from what I recall of his Yeah,
1: I I would agree with that. I mean, I think that, I don't know that he'll be an effective one out of the gate, but another 15 pounds of muscle. And I think you're right. I think that he's got that body frame. Um, Justice Finkley is an interesting one.
0: Jack. I think he may even start out at Jack because he is already thick and powerful. He's got that's his- more of a
1: true line position, is what you're talking about, right?
0: Well, sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True. Mostly true. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jamon Tap. Buck. Okay. So he would be off the ball, essentially. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Jeray Bledsoe.
0: I think three technique is what I recall. I remember him being really athletic off the ball. And I think what part of the reason his ranking was his, it was high and it probably would have been higher if he hadn't had some like uh grades or eligibility issues. If I recall for his senior year. So I think he's a classic three technique type.
1: Chris Ross.
0: I think nose tackle.
1: Really? You think he's that he's going to be that, that thick in the lower body. Cause that's, When I think of that position, that's when I'm. He's already
0: 280. When I was watching him against uh, Lake Travis and Duncanville, he was just creating pileups inside and and uh, mashing with these big, thick guys. So um, I I think I think nose tackle.
1: Okay, all right. I want to ask one other guy, and that's Derek Brown. Where do you picture Buck? So he's also off the ball. So. Burke Brown and Tap kind of start off off the ball, in your opinion. Bryant, our Finkley starts off as a defense a true defensive end. Uh, Bledsoe um, as a true defensive tackle. Bryant and Ross at nose. I'm going to say that I think that maybe Ross is is a flip between defensive tackle and nose um, yeah, to start. So. I think he um, has.
0: Might have that flexibility for sure. Yeah. And I am
1: going to say this I think Ross is actually quick enough to play um, Jack, believe it or not. He is that quick. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. All right. At the linebacker spots, there's three of them truly, and that's uh, the Buck, Will, and Mike. Starters return from last year. Thornton leaves, makes Ovio Gofu the incumbent. DeMarvian Overshone announces he's back. Luke Brockermeyer, even though he's injured, started much of the last year. Is going to miss the spring. Jalen Ford was the key backup. David Benda, another key backup. Uh, some other guys have left. Achille a day away. Adelia day has left the program. Marcus Tillman also gone. Um, you know, as it looks right now, starters are a Gofu, Overshown, and then probably Ford over Brockemeyer. Um, only one linebacker signed, and that's Travell Johnson, who's coming off an injury himself.
0: Yep. Not the thickest uh, part of the depth chart, really. Right. It Not, makes you think
1: that they may be interested in taking one other, but they did add to your point, they've added three, three people potentially at the the buck position with Burke tap and uh, Derek Brown. Um, You know, your thoughts on, you know, I, I was reading something and and this is a problem that I, you know, we, I, Bemoan the linebacker play all year. I think you did too as well. Um, and I saw Pro Football Focus ranked uh, the duo of DeMarvian Overshone and Luke Brockmeyer, the worst, two worst linebackers, not just as a tandem, but independently, the worst and second to worst linebacker in the Big 12 last year. If two of those guys are returning, how are they going to get better play?
0: Well, <laughs> they need to get better um Jalen Ford scored pretty well um I thought Jalen Ford by the end of the year was probably one of the best I think Brockermeyer um I think he started the year better than he finished and he got dinged up I think he was a a speed guy that lost his speed perhaps to injury um and had some problems from there to Overshown, overshone the guy has never had an offseason a full offseason at linebacker I don't, if people don't recall, when they moved him to um, linebacker with Chris Ash, first they missed the spring to COVID. Then in the fall, he was in and out for, uh, I think, injuries and maybe a social justice protest, if I, if I recall correctly. I don't remember exactly. And then the following year, he missed the entire spring and uh, part of the summer with, uh, I believe, the shoulder injury, and then came back for fall. And they had to pull him out a couple of times in fall because of injury again. So he, you're talking about a guy that in high school just played deep, looked where the ball was going, and ran there as fast as he could and smacked somebody. And uh, then now they're trying to teach him to you know read guards and flow and play linebacker and mind the slot. So uh, I, I think there's reason to believe that he has a lot of uh, untapped upside at linebacker just from learning the position. He's okay. he's not had the he's not the sixth year senior you would think you know. He's almost like a redshirt sophomore at linebacker.
1: Let me add three names to the list here and tell me where you think they're playing and should play. I know where they're listed on the depth chart, but Derek Harris, DJ Harris, going to be a true sophomore or a redshirt freshman, whichever one he chooses. Prince Dorba uh, and then Jaden Hullaby. Uh,
0: Harris, I think, is a buck. Um, Dorba, I have never seen play in a college uniform. And he played a four-eye position at Highland Park. So he's almost a complete unknown to me. I mean, you can can see the movement skills, what he had at Highland Park, but the role was, I mean, he was like a three, four inside defensive lineman and guy. So it's just, you know, that's not what he's playing in college. Um, So he's, I don't know where he's at. And then uh, Hollaby, I don't know if I've ever seen him play in a Texas uniform either. It's only a kick.
1: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, no, they, Dorba played some in mop-up duty against Rice.
0: Really?
1: Um, Yeah, late, real late. Hullaby, I, I think, has been on special teams at some level. I, I was just wondering, of that group, Harris did show a little bit early, got a sack uh, early in the season. I'm interested to see how he, he performs. And I think this is one of those years where we're going to find out whether Prince Dorba actually becomes a player or not. Um, I almost wonder if he shouldn't play Will or Mike and give that a role uh, because I don't think he's going to beat out anybody at Buck at this point, especially with some of the the incoming guys they've got. Um, Moving on, so what are your predictions for starters next year?
0: I think Ford Ford and Overshown for sure. Okay,
1: over Brockemeyer, and then at Buck, Agufu.
0: Yeah, and Buck, Agufu. Brockemeyer, you know, given the severity of the injury, I just hope he could play – as a third or fourth guy next year. Um, it may be, you know, it might be Devin Richardson that's the third linebacker next year if uh, Brock Myers, depending on how his recovery goes. Those take a long time, right? Those ACL.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. So that makes sense. So again, Alfred Collins, Moro Jomo, uh, Murphy, and then Andor Sweat in that combo role of Gofu, Overshone, and Ford likely in the linebacker spots. Let's go to the secondary. Um, where uh, it is a little bit different. There's there's not – Josh Thompson's gone, B.J. Foster's gone, Brennan Schooler's gone. That's three of the top five snap getters in the secondary for the year. Then you have guys like uh, Adam Mora is gone. Uh, Darian Dunn was a key backup piece last year. He's gone as well. Returning, though, are Deshaun Jamison, Anthony Cook, uh, and then – Looking at it right now, Jaron Thompson's back, Jade Barron, uh, JD Coffey. You have you have Maurice Blackwell, who I think showed some stuff. It's kind of that's in that star position at times, in a little bit different yeah. setup.
0: So I heard about him in reports, he was playing safety in the practices. And then when he actually played in games, he played as a Mike or Will linebacker in the pass rush package so that's kind of confusing I, I guess I would put him at I, I'm not even sure which safety position he's repping at um and it's I'm not clear on if he's uh, if the plan is for him to bulk up into a linebacker with time or if he is uh was just a big enough safety that he was one of the best fits for playing as a coverage linebacker in, in dime package got so, it uh, he's he's definitely a piece of the puzzle for them but I'm not entirely sure I would guess strong safety is 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 where they see him unless he's just a linebacker
1: so you have all these Ishmael Ibrahim you don't know if he's going to be back with the team after his off-field incident yeah um despite his injury even Jameer Johnson injured as well I believe um Keaton Crawford this looks like a a year where he needs to either step up and be a starter or find a role as a key reserve or, or even move positions Uh, to nickel maybe to to, uh, help spell Anthony Cook or maybe allow Anthony Cook to move to safety full-time. And then you have the newcomers, Terrence Brooks, uh, corner, uh, Jaden Gilbo, corner, uh, Ryan Watts, who we talked about, right, Uh, the transfer, Austin Jordan and Xavion Bryce, who I think are both more strong safeties, and then B.J. Allen, who's more of a a free safety type. Yeah. Does that sound right to you?
0: I would put, I might flip Gilbo and Jordan because Jordan is a faster player. So I, I might say Jordan gets a look at corner and Gilbo is nickel or safety from the get-go.
1: Is, is Bryce similar to Anthony Cook in your mind?
0: Uh, in terms of his role?
1: Yeah, and, and fit and just physicality kind of thing. Yeah. Not necessarily got high-end speed but a lot of quickness and a lot of pop
0: a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably about right.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm trying to, to decide how they, how this just predict kind of, I think Jade Barron's going to start next year. Um, I think at the end of the year, he was better than Deshaun Jameson. I think that Jameson's issue isn't necessarily pass coverage. It is holding up in, run, run support. Um, He really got, you know, I think he got routinely uh, beat on the outside and run support and and really didn't help matters uh, in that, in that regard. Um, Jaron Thompson likely to be a starter, I would guess. Yeah. But after Barron and Thompson and Cook at, at the nickel, where do they go? Is it, is Ryan Watts step in? Does BJ Allen step in?
0: Ryan Watts is coming to start. I think that that's pretty safe to say. Uh, if they're talking to him about Boundary Corner, that makes me think that this will be. Uh, I have this sort of sneaking suspicion that at some point in the offseason last year, they just moved to Terry Joseph's scheme in secondary. I wonder if they dabbled with some of PK's stuff and then just gave up on it and just moved all into Terry Joseph's. Maybe they were trying to run Terry Joseph's stuff from the start. They looked like they, um, they didn't look like they had the best offseason at times in the secondary, right? They just didn't play very fast or confident. Um, that, what they told Watts, makes me think that they are absolutely running the Terry Joseph pass game, pass defense. Um, so then you're looking at Watts at boundary corner. That potentially makes a field corner better for Jameson because uh, you're further away from the ball it's more about quickness and coverage ability and you're not going to be involved in the run that often honestly but that also fits um baron's skill set really well because joseph would often press in the boundary but the field corner would be you know back in Hutto, and seeing things develop in closing and baron that's where actually baron was best last year all his plays where he flashed were plays where he's a playing off the ball and then he's coming out of nowhere and nearly making a pick or, or breaking up a pass from deep coverage. So I, I agree with you. I think Barron starts. I'd uh, be curious to see what Jameson does this off season. Um, Cause he's more of a man corner and I don't think they like him at press man. I don't think he's reliable enough. So. Uh, uh, well, he got
1: beat so badly against Texas tech in that category. Um, yeah. that it was, it was hard to have much confidence the rest of the way.
0: He got beat some other times too, so.
1: Yeah, so, fair enough. So okay. what about the safety situation? Because that's, that, that's a different animal, right? I mean, um, Jaron Thompson ostensibly would be the guy because he has the most reps, but he didn't necessarily show well last year.
0: Yeah, they asked a lot of him, just moving him around, learning a new defense. Um, there was times where his angles were rough. I think, um, I, I think he's going to end up at field safety. I wonder if Brooks is good enough in the spring. I wonder if Brooks could win the nickel job or uh, potentially also Crawford could play in the nickel. They could move Cook to strong safety. Um, back at Notre Dame, they had this guy that was a five nine nickel corner named Sean Hamilton, I think. And they moved him to strong safety for, for times in the year. They would flip him and Kyle Hamilton. Um, but I wonder if they try to be, uh, make Thompson into the Kyle Hamilton, Cook into the Sean Hamilton. They're both Hamilton. Do I got those names right? Uh, and, then, and then get new blood at nickel with um, Brooks or Crawford. That, that's kind of where I would see it shaking out, but we'll see. Seems got like things up in the air.
1: Yeah, that, I think of all the, the positions on defense, the ones with the most questions are uh, in the secondary and how all the pieces fit. Um,
0: Especially, on the t- I think corner is probably going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, and then inside is going to be where it gets pretty interesting.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I think that that I, I also wonder, in, in of this group, where does the pass rush come from? That's the other thing that I... I'm not. I'm still not seeing on the roster.
0: Yeah, um, Buck needs to be a pass rush position. I think Ovi was hit and miss there. Uh, Collins has some potential there. Uh, if they get him going a little more at Jack, I feel like um, they have now after this class. They have tons and tons and tons of bodies to play at Buck, but they're all young and inexperienced. So you would almost think that that's where they could they would go to the portal, but are you really gonna go to the portal for a position where you now just added like, you have like, you know, I don't know how many guys could play the buck on the roster, like seven or eight guys or something. So um, that'll be another one. Do they just try to develop these young guys from within or do they just add an instant impact guy? Um, We know they offered this kid from Albany who could probably play Buck? I haven't watched him a lot, but he could definitely play Buck. Maybe he could play Jack. He'd be like an instant pass rush guy. He's also got two or three years of eligibility left. So you bring in somebody like that, and you wonder if you know. Really early over the next 12 months, you see just an exodus through the portal from all these Bucks he recruited. So uh, that'll be. We'll see what they. We'll see what they make of that.
1: Yeah. You, you never know. I mean, how they're going to, because I do think they're doing some, to your point, I think they're doing some retooling on defense yeah. um, within their own scheme. Uh, what that'll actually look like. I don't think we'll have a real clear view of until the spring uh, spring ball starts taking place and we get more reports. I do want to say the one guy that I keep coming back to that I'm still not clear of where he plays is Maurice Blackwell. Um and the reason I say that is because he – I thought he flashed at times last year. Yeah. Um, maybe it was the position he was playing last year, to your point, earlier, or maybe because he's just that athletic too, right? Um, and so I'm I'm wondering what they do with him.
0: Yeah. He definitely got to play in a sort of playmaking spot, a hybrid linebacker, dime guy. Um, B.J. Foster got to play that spot as a freshman, and he looked like he was going to be an All-American, you know, and then not –
1: yeah um you know I want that, to that's it for the defense I think we got you know we I think people understand the positions um and we went over those enough um the specialty guys right now um Cameron dicker it looks like is potentially coming back to Texas I don't know that there's been a official announcement one way or the other that would be huge for Texas correct
0: hashtag final piece <laughs> yeah
1: and that's really. And that would be a big piece, right?
0: Yeah, he's, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, that would keep Texas from having to use either Isaac Pearson as a punter and or Will Stone or Burt Auburn who've never uh, connected on a, a college field goal as a, uh, a or as a field goal specialist or kickoff specialist. So I think that, you know, that could be a, a big element to this uh, overall. And, and I do think Dicker's punting I uh, was much, much better than anticipated by me, at least. I don't know about you last year.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I believe he stepped into that role at the end of 2020. Am I right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It was, was kind of like, whoa, what? He's actually good at this. And last year, he was outstanding. Probably at this point, a better punter than he is a place kicker.
1: Right. Well, I mean, he's definitely got a leg. Um, so I'm looking at it right now and, and, with the, you know, I am think I'm counting seven starters returning at this point um, on defense. Thornton, Jones, Thompson, and Foster are gone. So that's, those are the four um, starters leaving. Of those, I wouldn't say any of them were plus starters,
0: yeah, right? Are, well, maybe Thompson. Um, uh, uh, yeah,
1: Josh Thompson would be, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay um and so three of the four not exactly plus starters
0: all right you know
1: do you think they're going to be better off on defense next year oh yeah okay why
0: yeah um i think it's going to be hard for them not to get substantially better on both edges at jack and buck you know last year they come in and uh they had one edge position in chris ash's defense and the depth chart went like this joseph osai jet bush and that was it, um, Prince Dorbo, maybe, who I think was injured anyway. So that's what they inherited for a defense that would use that two of those positions, two of those guys. So they needed four just to fill out a two-deep. Um, obviously, they brought in three transfers. Um, none of them were amazing. None of them were big impacts on the field. They had to move Alfred Collins to one of those positions it's going to be really hard for them not to substantially improve in those edge spots just as a result of having a ton of bodies and more time for all of them to learn the system and find best fits. And you're talking about, you're talking about a position where they, they want playmakers and they had guys that were outright liabilities. So I, I, I think they're going to improve substantially there. I think they're going to improve substantially at linebacker just from having Ford and over shown back in the system continuing to learn not to get better from seeing the same big 12 plays over and over again, you know, um, and then Watts, I think if they've nailed down what they want to do in the secondary and can really get it taught effectively this off season, I wonder if that happened last off season, maybe it did, didn't look like it, but if they really nail down what they want to do back there, they get Watts in a featured role and he shines, which I think is not unlikely. Um, and then they just, you know, another year of development, I think that they stand to improve a lot back there. Sometimes the defense is just having 11 guys on the same page makes an enormous difference. Even if none of them are great football players last year, they were not great football players and they were not on the same page a lot. So. I I think
1: everybody would say amen to that. (laughs) They were neither. They didn't look great and they didn't play great. And, um, you know, Texas finished five and seven in large part because of
0: um, it. They should be aiming to be a top 40 unit on defense. I don't know that they're going to be great Oklahoma state caliber last year. You know, I don't know if they, if they can get that good, maybe, maybe if a lot of these guys come together, but they should definitely be aiming to be better and just having 11 guys executing the same scheme is, you know, that's the part that they're going to aim for in the spring, and then we'll see where they can get in the fall.
1: You know, this is – you and I did the, the offense um, last week as well. That video is available for people that missed it. Um, theoretically, they should be better on both sides of the ball, right? And oh, yeah. unless, unless quarterback doesn't work out for whatever reason, right? They can't – Casey Thompson is better than what Quinn Ewers and or a, a new Hudson card – uh, could could put together?
0: I think the doomsday scenario there would be Ewers is a bust or hurt. But first you drive sets and Card to transfer and then you end up with like Ben Ballard, Charles Wright, or Malik Murphy as your starter. I think that's the most likely doomsday. If Ewers and Card are both healthy and present in the fall, they should be substantially better quarterback.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. That's that's a that's a wrap on this, I think, Ian. I appreciate your time, man. Um Ian Boyd can be found on InsideTexas.com. Uh his columns come out multiple times a week talking about college football. Uh you heard him earlier discussing Notre Dame football. And the reason why, obviously, is Terry Joseph was the defensive back coach at Notre Dame. Uh, but Ian, as part of his job, actually looks at all the other teams and tries to scout what they're doing, and that's why he was so familiar uh with, with those names. Uh I, What's that?
0: really comes in handy, you know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, anyways, uh, point being, uh, thanks, Ian, for being with us. Hopefully, this deep dive on Texas football has been helpful. If you'll do us a favor, please consider uh, subscribing to this channel. Just click uh, on the red button in the bottom right-hand portion of your screen. And also, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. That is the place where Ian and I are each and every day uh, delivering news on the Longhorns. Uh, Ian, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope everything's going well, and I'll see you on, I'll see you probably on, on a Zoom call and a YouTube video sometime in the new year, man.
0: Yeah, happy New Year's to everybody if I don't see you before. All
1: right, take care, bud.